0: Hey guys, as you know, our world is going through an unprecedented time during the COVID-19 pandemic. To strike out this virus, we, as coaches, have partnered with Fred Hutch Research Institute, who is working on the front lines to stop the spread of COVID-19. Please consider donating to hashtag coaches COVID. And here's a word from Hutch. Your support for Fred Hutch is a strike against COVID-19 and a step toward a healthier world. Right now, Hutch scientists with expertise in infectious disease, immunology, public health, and data science are working urgently to speed up testing, track the spread of the virus in real time, and safely test new treatments and vaccines. Your contribution to Coaches vs. COVID will help expand this urgent work. Donate now at fredhutch.org slash coaches COVID. Hello and welcome to Ahead of the Curve. I am Jonathan Gellner, and thank you so much for joining us. Today we're joined by UCLA head baseball coach, John Savage. As UCLA's head coach, John has established the Bruins as a consistent national championship contender. They reached college baseball's pinnacle in 2013 as the Bruins won their first ever NCAA baseball title. Under his guidance, UCLA has advanced to the postseason in 11 of the last 15 seasons, hosting an NCAA regional in six of the last 10, including four straight from 2010 to 2013. On the show, we talk about steps that he and his staff have taken to build the culture that we see today. We also get into staff development, we talk about competitive situations in practice, and we talk about having a brand and a style of play. You're going to love this episode, and here is John Savage. John, welcome to the show. Uh, for our listeners, thank you guys for coming, and, and again, thank you, John, for uh, taking some time out to, to spend with us uh, as we are all trying to use this time to get better, and so I really appreciate uh, you coming on, and, and for our listeners, uh, a couple of different you know household items. I've done everything I can to not get Zoom-bombed. Uh, so if, if for some reason that happens, I mean, I've literally got, you guys were in the waiting room. I've got everybody muted. Uh, if somebody, you know, decides to put some not nice things in the chat, then just, I mean, we're all baseball coaches and we're mature. So I do apologize, but done everything up to this point to try and, (laughs) to try and fix that. But for some reason, teenagers are deciding that that's fun. But, but anyways, uh, if you guys have any questions as we go along, uh, put them in the chat and we'll have, you know, we should have some time at the end for John to answer those, uh, and if, uh, if, if you know, time permitting, we'll try and get to as many as we can. We'll probably wait till the end of the show, or if it, if it seems to come up you know, during while we're talking, I, I may shoot it at you, John. But other than that, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. And uh, Pete, uh, your brother, thanks for putting us in touch. I really appreciate it. Pete's one of my favorite baseball people on the planet. And so, uh, again, long story short, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me and uh, welcome everybody. It's it's great to be a part of something like this and I'm different obviously than any else just trying to get better and and learn and hear different ways to do things and Mm -hmm. uh, it's great being with you.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, for our listeners who, you know, want to get to know you a little bit better, can you kind of walk through how you got to UCLA and just a short snapshot of uh, just your baseball background and why you decided to get into coaching?
1: Well, just a real quick snapshot. I mean, I'm from Reno, Nevada. I grew up in Reno and, and um, you know, was drafted out of high school with the Yankees and decided to go to Santa Clara and played there a couple years and was drafted by the Reds, played uh, very, very short with the Reds, uh, played independent ball after that, got into coaching uh, at Reno High School, uh, not for my brother but for Jim Pace, who's now the athletic director there. And then uh, I was very fortunate with uh, to get hooked on as a – uh, undergraduate assistant with Gary Powers at University of Nevada in 1991. Uh, he uh, evolved into being a full-time assistant in Nevada, uh, had some great years there, went to USC, uh, very, very fortunate to be with Mike Gillespie, one of the greatest coaches of, we've ever seen, um, spent four years with him, um, and then uh, got the opportunity to be the head coach at UC Irvine in 2000. And was there for four years. I had a great, great time at, at UC Irvine, starting a program and developing a roster and a staff and a stadium and you name it. It was the same time, kind of the Diamondbacks and, and the Devil Rays. Uh, you know, um, you know, were were forming, so we got some ideas from them. And then, and then, and I've been at UCLA for uh, 16 years. So, um, you know, like anybody else, it's it's a journey. And a and a and in a, pro- a progression, and uh, just been very fortunate uh, to, to 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 be with so many great players and coaches along the way, and uh, now I'm at UCLA for my sixteenth year.
0: I love that, and I, you know, I was doing some background on you, and, and I don't think I well uh, was John Wooden around very much whenever you uh, started coaching. I know that that he was basically done coaching himself but yeah. I'm sure he was, he was around mentoring and just, you know, wanting to be around everybody. Did you get a chance to meet with him? And if you did, yeah. tell us a little bit about I, it. I,
1: well, I did. You know, I was very fortunate that they, they took me out to Encino and had breakfast at his favorite spot. And, you know, you, you can only, uh, you know, crazy that was and how excited I was and to meet with a, a living legend, really. And, uh, you know, he loved baseball. Coach Wooden loved baseball. Uh, baseball, he told me, it was his favorite sport. Mm-hmm. I've heard <laughs> um, that. And he just talked about, um, you know, being yourself. You know, that was a big message to, to, to me uh, was just, you know, you've been around a lot of good coaches. You have formed your, your identity. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, your best version is yourself. And mm-hmm. just, I, I cherish those moments. Uh, went to a, a gathering up at a donor house one night. With him and, and Joe Torrey and Mike Sosha and and, uh, and, uh, and uh, Ben Scully and, and John Wood, and they all spoke, and it was like, you know, it was like um, quite a quite quite an impressive group of people, and and just Coach Wood and just you know everything that he stood for, uh, the fact that he, that he was at UCLA, uh, how many people that he helped along the way, coaches. Um, you know, and that included Socha and Torrey and those guys. And it was just, it was just a full circle, you know, really experience and that uh, I was fortunate to meet Coach Wooden and, and, um, you know, really what he stood for.
0: That's wonderful. And I think, I think reading back or thinking back, I think he was a high school baseball coach at one point in time. I think he coached like three sports, but that's, that's really neat that, uh, that he told you that baseball was his favorite sport and you know, another thing that another, I, I don't want to say challenge, but another, well, maybe a, a small challenge is, is, you're a guy with a pitching background that is now a head coach. And that's kind of a, it's kind of a tough balance yeah. because, you know, it, it being, you know, being in my spring, in spring training for the first time ever, uh, this, this, uh, this spring, obviously, well, it was cut short a little bit, but just noticing the divide between guys that, uh, are just pitchers, you know, for their entire career now. Yeah. And, uh, and once they get to college, they're the same way. Cause in high school, I was a high school coach and psychology teacher before this. And it, it was a big mix of everybody and everybody was in the same. We didn't have very many guys that just pitched. So they were integrated in everything. And then whenever they get to college, uh, it kind of splits and then and pro ball, is the same thing. And so how is, how has that dynamic been? And, and I'm sure there are a lot of listeners who are, have a pitching background that are head coaches that are like, I I can't stand in a bullpen all day. I've got to be able to run practice, but you've obviously found a great balance to be able to do that. So can you give them any advice?
1: Well, I think you just have to really trust your staff. Uh, You really have to trust your preparation. You have to be very organized, Um, you know, practice planning, uh, game planning, scout report planning, uh, you know, organization with with player development, obviously, in terms of, of practice, um, it's just um, it's just so important that you know you're 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 present on wherever you're at. Uh, you're in the hitting cage. Um, you know you're, you're watching guys before practice, and then you may go over to the bullpen and work with a guy. Um, you just have to be very very organized. You have to have very good people around. Um, and then the players need to know certainly what the expectations of practice are, and and really what the objectives and so forth. But um, I think pitching is you know, arguably the, the most important part of the game. Uh, um, I think good pitching and good catching will uh, determine a lot of times how good your team is uh, at the end of the day. I mean, there's so many other components, obviously, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's a big aspect of it. And, and you know, I only have, you know, we, we all have some strengths and we have our weaknesses. And, and one of my strengths, I feel, is, is on the pitching side. So sure. uh, I really don't want to lose that. And I've seen coaches make mistakes of take you know giving their strength away and and so forth, and then all of a sudden they're not really in charge of anything. So uh, it's been a very good balance at UCLA. Um, I've learned from a lot of guys that've done it. Uh, there's coaches that we've uh, you know we coached against uh, George Horton, be one of them. I mean he he was one of the premier guys at, at that. Um, and there's been a lot of guys you know, uh, but. Uh, I think it's, it's um, at the end of the day, it's, it's, uh, you know, pure organization, mm-hmm. it's communication. And certainly, uh, you, know, um, you know, you know, the whole team concept is, sure. is your number one priority, but uh, you know, post-practice uh, pre-practice bullpens um, you know, like I said, you can't be in three spots at one time. It's just really right. important that um, you slow down a little bit and, um, you know, you, I think you can manage it. And, you know, it's, um, you know, been one of our go-tos, really.
0: No, I love that answer. And I'm sure, again, that's, that's a tough balance to have, too. And so whenever, whenever you do have, you know, obviously an outstanding pitching coach like you do now, whenever you're going through the hiring process, do you say, hey, this is what we want to do? And if this kind of fits with what, you know, you believe in, then obviously, you know, that would be a good hire because I I think, you know, a lot of, of, of head coaches, they hire a pitching guy and they just like, Hey, just go, you know, do your thing. And so again, that's another dynamic because you want them to have some autonomy, I'm sure, but you also have your style of play and your brand that, that you're looking at from a holistic perspective. So is that kind of where, am I, you know, on the right track here?
1: Well, you definitely have to have a pulse on everything that goes on in your program. I mean, you have to know the terminology of, of each segment. You need to know uh, the progression of each player, uh, where they're at, so you don't interfere with that. Nothing's worse than a head coach bopping into a, a drill and disrupting it. Um, I think that's something that you need to keep in mind. Uh, you need to really understand uh, that, that that where that player is in terms of his development. Uh, you need to make sure that each uh, like a, you need to, coaches need to have roles and, mm-hmm. um, you know, they, they need to be very specific on their roles. Um, uh, you can, you can have them connect with other players for sure. I mean, that's very healthy. Uh, you don't want segments of pitching and defense and, and, you know, people starting to look at different things of why we're winning and why we're losing. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's a mistake, but I think to have very specific roles when you, when you hire guys I and mean, you, you hire needs uh, you know, a hitting coach, an offensive coach, uh, uh, a defensive, you know, where, where, where's his strength on defense? Is it outfield play? Is it infield play? Um, and then, you know, they take ownership. Uh, um, they take ownership of, of their guys and they take ownership. But they need to understand that it's not, you know, um, it, it's a team. It's a team. We win as a team and it was, we lose as a team. And I just think that's so important that there's so too many coaches a lot of times will, uh, you know, Oh God, we can really, you know, we can really hit, but we can't pitch or, mm-hmm. or, you know, it, it, you know, when they, when they aren't hearing that a lot, the kids and their coaches, they, you know, they, it starts, it starts separating a little bit. So I just think it's really important that, um, you know, you trust your coaches, you give them authority to to coach. Um, I, I, I can recognize hitters, mm-hmm. uh, I break hitters down, but I can't, I can't really teach hitting, you know, so. Uh, you, t- you hire people to do things and sure. you don't step, I don't think out of your boundaries. And then, you know, conversations, a lot of them are, could be private. Uh, a lot of them, you know, with, with coaches in terms of if you need an adjustment, you don't want to, you know, show the world that you're, you know, you don't like this, what, what is going on. And I just sure. think that uh, the professionalism part of it. And uh, I've done some of my best coaching when I haven't said anything, you know, that mm-hmm. I've just observed and you don't need to always talk to be a good coach. And, and uh, sometimes your presence will will just be enough and right. maybe a, a buzzword or, uh, you know, a, a lot of conversation and a lot of inconsistent conversation really can do more harm to it.
0: No, I, I love that. And, and again, thank you so much for going into depth on on what that looks like and Uh, As I was doing some research for our conversation, I I stumbled upon, I think it was an ABCA talk that you gave a couple of years ago, and and you talked about having a brand and a style of play that you guys truly believe in, and and I think that anybody that watches you uh, can kind of see that, and you guys are pitch and play defense, and uh, you said that you guys work fast and you're really tough with two strikes. Uh, Can you kind of walk us through? So, again, for us listening, after seeing you – Uh, and your maturation and and your team process throughout the last couple of years. Now that I've heard that, I'm like, yeah, that's, that is UCLA baseball. That is the brand. But how did you come up with that? And then how do you instill that on a daily basis? Well, that's,
1: it's, it's, it takes, it takes time to get, to, to get good. And, and, and there's, you know, you you can have the same program and different teams. So, so different teams uh, could have different personalities and, and there's different strengths. Um, so I think, you know, we always want to be a championship look. You know, I mean, we want our, our clubhouse to have a championship look. We want our, our stretching lines to have a championship look. We want our base running drills to have a championship look. And it's not an act. It's not a, a staged, uh, you know, it's real. It's, 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 it's really uh, who we are. And I think the more you can, you can teach guys, um, you know, to, to be part of that culture, um, I, I just think it's it's you know um, that internal leadership that I always talk about within the players um, I mean any good teams have really good leaders um, some some people believe in captains some people don't believe in captains that's I think that's a coach's choice but at this at the same time that those people really know the pulse of the program and and coaches think they do um, they want to have pulses but at the same time I think the players and particularly the guys that have been in the, program as Bruins for, for three or four years. They know to they to lead the way. And I think if you uh, teach consistently, I think if you, um, you know, know how to respond to adversity, uh, they see that uh, all of a sudden they, they start acting not like you, but they start responding like you. Um, and I think it, it, it molds the culture. And uh, like I said, um, you know, anything good takes time. And uh, there's, there's things that come up and um, it's just so important that uh, they know the principles of, of the program. Uh, everybody's talking about process. We don't talk about process that much. It's more about standards and principles and objectives and, and so forth. Um, and, you know, I think that's been been really good. Uh, we talk about uh, the principles of competing, uh, mm-hmm. Be very external uh, as Bruins, um, you know, uh, we're not a, a huge rah-rah type operation like in a dugout or you know on a field per se, but uh, we want to we want to present ourselves a certain way. We want to we want to be the same team if we're up 10-1 or we're down 10-1. and that's these are all difficult things to do. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. In there, it, you know, it's a very tough game. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids don't realize how difficult this game is until they start playing at the higher levels when the the levels go up you know the truth be told the, the bad players go away and and the smarter players you know you talk to major league players and you just realize how smart they are and mm-hmm. where they are and so i think the the, the mental game uh, we taught we call it the principles of competing and that was really formed with ken revisa and then it's kind of been uh, you know handed off to, to dave snow and and uh, but uh, you know a lot of that is is uh, awareness of what's going on around you. What is being done to you? Um, you know, how, how, do, how, do, how do I adjust off this, this picture? What is he mm-hmm. doing? Um, you know, how's this field playing? How's the wind blowing? Uh, how, where's the sun at? You know, what's, you know, those are all got to be like part of your game. You're not concerned about the sun. You're not concerned about the umpires, right. but you have to have a, a certain brand, uh, you know, in your program that, um, you know, I think you have to work on individuals first before the, before the team. Um, You got to get to know them. You got to really get to know, uh, you know, what, what is their best motivation, how to motivate them, how to communicate with them, uh, different terminologies. You got to have three or four different things to say one thing, you know, Um, you just, you just can't cookie cut everybody and same delivery and same hitting stance and you know, it just doesn't work that way. You know, so um, you know, you just have to build uh, a culture. Um, you know, with with practice. Um, you know, with with team meetings. Um, you know, with with uh, you know individual workouts, and then having your staff being on the same pay- page. Uh, loyalty and trust with the staff is the number one component of, of a good team. Uh, if you don't have that, um, you know, it, it's really hard to form. Uh, because this game is so difficult that it's going to go sideways, you know, and, and, and then all of a sudden you get finger pointing and so forth. So um, this, this all takes time, uh, but it's all about people. Uh, it's all about communicating and it's about forming these young, young players, um, you know, and, and a lot of it, you know, how were they coached before? Um, you know, I know, uh, you know, Coach Ozella, I think, I mean, we've had some unbelievable players from Hart High School, just because they know, they know how to act, they know how to to listen, they know how to compete, Uh, you know, so it does help knowing where they come from, but, uh, you know, we've had to change a lot of guys, uh, you know, throughout our careers, just like everybody on this this call, but, um, you know, you can change guys, and you can form guys into your culture, and, and like I said, it's, it's fun to be a part of that. And, um, you know, it, it, it changes from year to year. Uh, players move on. We want players to move on. We want players to be professionals, you know, after three years. We want them to, to be, you know, uh, you know, their own corporation, I guess you would say, after, after they become professionals. But right. uh, being part of a team and, and you go to the major leagues, they're teams. The teams that are winning world championships are real teams. And, you know, the Nationals were a great example of that. So, um, you know, winning a world championship and an NCAA championship, I don't think it's a whole lot different. I mean, a lot of the ingredients are the same. Uh, it's not about one guy or one superstar or six superstars that kind of do their own thing. It's, it's really – it's, it, it's an individual game a lot of ways. It's a confrontational game in a lot of ways. But within a team framework, and and that's what you you know they. I, like Coach Ward always says, you know, you signed up for a team, you signed up for a team game. It's not tennis, it's not golf, it's not swimming. Um, you know, this, this is a team game, but uh, you got to have the necessities to be able to fight one on one. You know, it's just it's just that type of game. That's what makes this game so great.
0: Well, I got so much there to there to unpack. I, I think that's fantastic. Uh, and one thing that that I want to get to. And, I, and I'm jotting down notes as we go here. Cause I think that, that you left us a ton of different nuggets just in that, you know, that 10 minute talk there. But, uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, what, what does championship behavior look like? Like you talked, you talked about, you want everything to look like a champion would do. Now, is that, is that something that you preach on a daily basis? That's just like, Hey, what would a champion do here? Because I think that that's that's not it's not like you're asking them to hit go five for five with five bombs, yeah. right? Yeah. But it's like okay, you just struck out. Now, what would a champion do there? And so, has that have you seen that help shape some of the behavior that you're wanting to see? Just based on hey, we're all going to hit adversity, but it, you know, best player in the world, Mike Trout hits adversity. What does he? What does he do? What does he look like? Uh, just different yeah. things like that. But I, I really I love that a lot. I think.
1: You know, anybody that's ever played for us, I mean, I, I can't repeat myself a lot. Um, and that is a lot of times uh, for a reason. Um, I, I'm a pretty simple uh, guy when it comes to, you know, messages and, 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 and ways. But, um, yeah, we do. We, we talk to them consistently day in and day out. Uh, we make things very competitive. Uh, we do change things up, but there are some basic parts of practice uh, base running and team defense and team offense and, you know, different uh, approaches that day in batting practice, uh, obviously they vary. But um, I just think consistency is, the, uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, this game, You everybody's watching all these MLB network games and, and you know, Bob Gibson and Vita Blue and Goose Gossage and, and all these guys and George Brett and all these games. And it's, it's really fun to watch some of these games. But the game, you know, it, it hasn't changed changed. I mean, the count-offs and, you know, I just think the game is supposed to be played a certain way at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, you can add as much emotion as you want into it or as little as emotion as you want. But uh, I just think it goes back to uh, what what do you want as a coach? What How do you want your players to respond? Uh, you have to correct guys. Uh, you know, you have to correct them. You got to correct them right away. Um, you know, uh, you don't want to embarrass people. You don't want to uh, talk down on people certainly, but you wanna you wanna, you know, understand that hey, that's that's a very good response, or that's you know, not a very good response. Um right. and, and then you know we go over the game after the game. And and that's you know kids don't have their 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 memory span and their and their learning span is, is as everybody knows on this call is, is not not that long. And so you gotta make sure that the moment is right. I think timing Is critical uh, for a coaching staff to give messages Uh, there's sometimes you know you're ready to pull your hair out and 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 you know what you know let's 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 talk about this tomorrow Um, you know I think I think timing is essential for for coaches and um, you know for player development uh, you know you don't want to confuse players uh, on what they're doing if they're having success you know um, you know, you, you want to keep on building success. You don't want to get in the way of, I've seen guys have success and you talk about it too much and then they don't have success and quickly. I mean, this game, you know, um, this game can, can flip on you in a, in a hurry. And it's just so important that um, you know, each day, um, you know, uh, an opportunity to get better um, and, 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 and know, know there's going to be adversity. And, and and then make sure you're handling adversity uh, the way you want, uh, not only as a staff and as as a as a as a uh, you know as as player. Um, and you know sometimes you have to correct your staff. You know, you know we don't really want to say that. You know, uh, at that time, or maybe we can say it a different way. Uh, so you're constantly uh, working with people, helping people. Um, you know, one of our main criterias of our culture is helping. Uh, everybody matters. I mean, we've had bullpen catchers be uh, as value, as the third, the guy hitting third on our teams. I mean, he has formed the mentality of that bullpen. He has formed uh, that starting pitcher before the game. Uh, he's helped that guy. You know, I mean, um, you know, it goes to trainers. It goes to managers. It goes to all our analytical people. It goes to our groundskeeper. Everybody matters on a team. And as soon as you start this – focusing on your best player and and his needs, and, and you're not focusing on, you know, you everybody can fall into that rut sometimes, and I just think it's so important that, hey, I, we have 33 guys this year. We didn't even have the maximum 35 guys, and, and I loved it. You know, we loved it, and one of them was really open. bullpen, uh, was one of the reasons why we started off so good, so you just don't know where that strength's going to come from uh, on that team, and I think, and I learned this from Ken, and and Snowman is just the the readiness of players. They need to be ready when they're called on, and that's the mistake. You know, misery loves company, right? I mean, everybody has heard that saying, and, you know, you get one sad player, nobody's allowed to be sad, and, you know, players can get sad, (laughs) and I mean, when I mean sad, I mean, you know, head down and and so forth, so we want to walk with a sense of confidence. We want to get on the field. We want to look the same uh, you know, we want to, you know, look the same somewhat in terms of our uniform look look, and and so in terms of of a team game. You with me?
0: Yeah, sorry. I muted myself. Okay. Okay. So man, again, a lot to, to unpack there. And, uh, I guess that's, uh, that's why you guys all wear the, wear the high socks, which I think is pretty cool uh, talking about a team game. And that's something we want that
1: we want that strike zone to be a little
0: small. That's a
1: little secret there, but, but oh, uh, I love
0: that. I love that. Yeah. Uh, so, so within that, again, championship behavior and you know, something that I had a friend actually yesterday ask me, you know, what, what are you studying on and, and what are you getting better at? Or, or what do you think it, it is really something that you're really digging into and and I, I told him behavior and, and the psychology behind it because I think mm. a, unless, unless we understand how to motivate a player to make a change, they're not going to. Like it just – we're going to be fighting ourselves. And so it sounds like that's, that's something that you've been able to do, which is not – it's not easy. And, and, it, and it takes a lot longer than we usually want. But what are some different approaches that you've taken to, for guys who – whether that be a, a change in mechanics – or whether that – you feel like this guy just hasn't bought into the Bruin way. What do those conversations yeah. look like? Because, again, we as coaches, we have this a lot, and I don't think it's talked about enough just because it's so such a broad topic and there's so many different ways to do it. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, it's, a, it's an individual game but a collective effort to win a championship. And they signed yeah. up for a team. So kind of what are some different ways that you go about that? And, and, and again, just being the psychology ninjas and trying to figure out how to, how to best benefit the player in the end, I mean it's just it's not an easy thing to do but but give us your best advice.
1: Well that's, th- th- these are all really really good questions and, and we're all trying to constantly try to find the answers to all these questions you know I mm-hmm. I, I still behavior uh you know, you know how you treat people uh how you care for people um you know getting to know them off the field uh knowing what they're dealing with academically what they're dealing with uh you know at home um, I, I I can constantly do a better job of doing that. Uh, I think the more we get to know these people, the more that we can change them um, you know um, everybody is you know very analytical now and data driven and mechanical driven and and you know i, I think <clears throat> I just think at the end of the day uh, there's 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 times to there's there's times to hit and there's times to to work on your swing there's times to uh, throw uh, time to condition. There's times to pitch, uh, and 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 I think a lot of times these kids are, you know, uh, are, are making excuses a lot of times on hey I, I feel great today. You know I threw a bullpen and I threw I feel really good coach. You know and and, and you might evaluate that bullpen he threw four out of you know thirty strikes. You know uh, or um, you know I'm, my swing feels really good but you know he's not really squaring the ball. All. I mean, I just think the separation of, 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 of what they're working on is, is critical. Uh, if you're working on, you know, a mechanical flaw, that's exactly what you're doing. Uh, you have a video session with the player. Uh, we always work on one specific flaw, front side strength over the rubber, you know, arm pattern, um, you know, landing spot, uh, platform, extension, whatever. I mean, uh, I think you have to be very specific. Uh, don't give them a whole lot to think about. That's why, you know, and, and snowman really brought it to our, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> the uh, principles of competing, you know, and, uh, you know, we don't talk about mental game. Uh, mental game sometimes creates <laughs> mental, uh, you know, confusion. And, and uh, so I think you can present things to them uh, in a way that they can build confidence. Um, you know, uh, you can talk to every ma- major league man- manager uh, They're at the end of the day. I'm not sure how many of those are guys are very uh, concerned about mechanics and, and, you know, now the hitting coach, the pitching coach. Yeah. Of, you know, they're, they're, working with all kinds of things with that player. I mean, mentally and physically and mechanically and approach and, and the whole deal, but the, mm-hmm at the end of the day is looking for you know we know what he's looking for I mean he's looking for guys that are doing things right and guys are getting things done and <clears throat> guys are making pitches and guys are good at bats. so um you know I, like Ken would always say you know I mean excuse my language you don't want to be the horde of the result results but there's there's a lot of 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 uh, you know important pieces of, of player development that um, I just think that you know the more you get to know that person the more you get to know with them uh, you know there's there's a pitcher uh, you know Ryan Garcia last year that I, I the first couple of weeks I talked to him too much I just I just talked to him too much and he and he couldn't handle it I I was correcting this correcting that correct and all of a sudden I told David Berg who was our Uh, other guy in our program uh, that was at the time the undergraduate assistant, I said, you know, you need to stop talking to him. I need to stop talking to him. Just give him a few buzzwords. And then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, this guy's a different guy. And so, so that's what I mean by, you know, you don't always have to correct. Uh, You don't always have to tell them they're doing good. You don't have to always tell them they're doing bad. I mean, you got to have a fine medium of, of explanation and timing like I said, for, for, uh, for that player to get better. And some guys, we all know, Hey, this guy needs a kick in the butt. This guy needs a pat on the back. This guy told, I mean, he needs to be told everything. This guy doesn't need to be told, you know? So I think the more you know your personnel um, and they're young kids, they're dealing with a lot of stuff. Um, even though know, you as a, as a pro guy, I mean, there's they're still dealing with stuff Twenty three, twenty four, twenty five. 23, 24, 25. So, Um, I just think you just have to know your audience basically. And at the end of the day, I think, you know, that's your best, best way to, to, to improve them.
0: So within that, and you talked about talking less, (laughs) thinking back to my younger self, I talked way too much. Is that something that we learn with experience?
1: I think so. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm reading a book right now. It's called "The Ego Is the Enemy."
0: Oh,
1: super good. Uh, Ryan Holiday is Ben Orloff got me onto that book, and and I've shared it with a few friends. And it's it's <laughs> you know you always hear, oh boy, that coach loves to hear himself talk, or that guy you know loves to tell you how smart he is. It, it doesn't matter what you know. It's 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 about your players, and it's about how they respond. It's it's not you know I've seen some very average uh, um, you know coaches uh, in terms of maybe you know uh, knowing what they know or mm-hmm. uh, knowing what you know knowing what their weaknesses are and knowing what their strengths are and they're really good coaches I mean mm-hmm. it's not every coach has their style every program has their style and um, <clears throat> I just think uh, I, I'm with you uh, I'm talk, talking a lot right now but I usually sure. I wouldn't talk like this much with players but mm-hmm. um, I think, um, you know, just being, just being too emotional, uh, wearing your emotions on your sleeves, saying something that really can hurt something, can hurt somebody, uh, saying something derogatory. Uh, you know, we all want to have old school characteristics in our game, but I think at the same time you got to be really self-minded and self-corrected in, in terms of, you know, there's really a way how to, to coach this guy. There's really a way how to say the certain things. Um, you know, you really – you don't want it to be damning. You, you, you don't want it to be derogatory. Um, I think that's really important. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Mike Gillespie, uh, I think, is the best coach I've ever seen in a game. Um, you know, his you – know, what he was going to do on the next pitch, what he was going to do in the next three pitches. You know, his vision during the game. Uh, you can't get caught up and wrapped up in results during the game. The one thing tell my players all the time that 90 game is a long game. It's a long, long game. game. And, and it's so important that, uh, you know, you take blows throughout the game, you know, you're taking blows and how you're responding and guys have struck out three times and here they are up, up in the ninth inning. Can they have a good a bat to win the game? I mean, mm-hmm. how many games can, can, can present that way to you, you know? Right. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, like you said, um, uh, I've learned a lot. I still need to learn a lot. Uh, I've learned from all different sources, from non-baseball people, from baseball people, uh, psychologists, um, you know, coaches from different sports, mm-hmm. uh, different ways to do things. And then, you, like you said, you know, you have to culminate into your philosophy. But I think we all look back and say, oh, God, I cannot believe I, you know, responded that way and, and or I should say reacted that way when I was younger and, I talked way too much and mm-hmm. a bullpen took a 20 pitch bullpen took an hour and 10 minutes because, you know, <laughs> right. you know, session took, you know, 30 swings took hour, hour and five. And it's just, you know, it, you need flow in this game. You want, you want momentum right. in this game. You want, you want rhythm. This is a rhythm type game. And, and you're trying to create leverage. Uh, you know, this is an odds game. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a, you know, it, it, you want leverage, but you may not have leverage. You may have two strikes. Right. Have a two stri- How are we going to How are we going to hit with two strikes? How are we going to survive with two strikes? Uh, maybe I am one two. Okay. I mean, I I remember with Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole had a really tough time in his younger age pitching with two strikes. He just he had a tough time putting guys away, especially when we're, when we're watching Bauer putting everybody away with two strikes. And had a really tough time. And then he's he's evolved into you know obviously you know Gary Cole but um you know everybody's clock is a little different every player's clock is a little different um it's some it, it happens quicker than others and then sometimes you know you're waiting you're waiting and and uh, you know I you know unfortunately in your world you know guys get released when 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 you know they don't you know they don't are seen to be a, a contributor to the to the organization but um, or uh you know a prospect but mm-hmm. uh, I just think a high school coach and a JC coach, and, a, and a, certainly a college coach. You um, know, you have time. I mean, four years is is ample time to develop a player. And uh, we have had players that really haven't been very productive till their senior year. It's frustrating. I mean, very frustrating. I mean, put them in that NP, you know, that non prospect, non player bucket. But and then they kind of come out of it sometimes. And and we've had guys that were almost on the floor, and they come back up and have big years. And mm-hmm. Uh, you got to give people chances and, and, and if they're doing the right thing and they're shown to you uh, that they're doing the right thing, then I think at the end of the day, you know, that opportunity to come around and, and they can dig themselves out of that hole.
0: Well, and right, right in line with that, you guys do a really good job of recruiting and, and, and you've got guys that are, you know, all, every guy that you get is a really good high school player that has been, you know, the, the apple of their parents' eye their entire lives. And they've been told how good they are, which, sometimes we need as baseball players, right? Cause yeah. freaking beats us down, but they also step onto campus and go, dang, these, this, you know, this other guy at shortstop is pretty freaking good. Right. Yeah. Or, or you've got like Trevor Bauer and, and Garrett Cole at the same time. And they're both, you know, they're both there um, and, and working with each other and also competing against each other. But uh, say you've got like two shortstops, one of them is going to play and the other one may have to play a different position. So uh, you're going to have these talks every year. I'm assuming with playing time, Uh, so how, how do you do that? Because we'll have role players in high school. We had guys that, that were like the last guy off the bench and we didn't want them to get frustrated. I mean, there's so many different dynamics, but that's one thing that no matter the sport, it stays the same because we, unless we're batting two or three hole and playing shortstop, center field every day, then we're not going to be happy with our role. And even if we are, then we want to go up a level. Right. And so what, what does that conversation sound like to you? And, and through your, you know, through your years of wisdom, have you found an effective way to make sure those guys are still bought into the Bruin way, but also that that you know that they're frustrated and that, and you want them to be because you want them to to be competing and playing every day, but they're just not quite there yet.
1: Yeah, well, I think the one the one thing that we always can use now the example of Major League Baseball. You know, there's so much uh, utility. There's so much. Uh, guys moving around infielders playing outfield outfielders coming in you know i mean you know who would ever think max muncy would be playing second base for the la dodgers i don't right. think he ever thought that we uh, taylor so i think i think you can kind of use that uh you know bryce harper was a catcher and you know uh, you know different guys jason worth you know they have everybody's you know a lot of times guys have moved positions um and uh, you know, defense is a critical component of our program. You have to be able to play defense if you want to play somewhere. Uh, it could be first base. It could be – which is a tough, tough defensive position. It's a very underrated defensive position. But, um, you know, um, I, I think it's, it's important that they find a niche, uh, that they find, you know, something that they do well, um, and then they can, can be contributors. They can find a role. Uh, whatever their role becomes, they have to accept. And then their role will grow the more they can do. It's, just, it's, mm-hmm. it's math, you know. It's, it's you know, if, if you get really some good at-bats off the bench, uh, there's injuries that, that come into play. There's performance that comes into play. Uh, there's, there's, there's going to be opportunities. That's the bottom line. And, you know, we always tell them you don't need to be, like you said, five, five for five. You don't need to be Superman when you come off the bench. You just need to have a contributing at-bat. You need to have a contributing defensive play. Uh, you need to be part of the team. You need to, you know. Um, so I think that's what we really stress is, 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 you know, you, if you want to be part of this team, uh, it's more about just the batter's box. It's just more, about, you know, it's, it's, it's. There's so many more, uh, you know, elements of, 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 of winning, of, of, of what's going to help you win as a team. That uh, you need to learn. Uh, uh, you know, you need to learn uh, being a utility player. You need to learn, and uh, you know, we'll recruit, like you said, we'll recruit shortstops and move them. We'll recruit center fielders and move them. Mm-hmm. If you have more athleticism on the field, I mean, everybody wants that. You know, everybody sure. wants shortstops playing second and shortstop playing third and a center fielder playing left. And mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes it's you your turn. I mean, James Caprillion was a, a reliever on our national championship team, and then you know, our number one guy in, in our first rounder a couple years later. I mean, they, they have to wait their turn. Um, you know, uh, like you said, we, you know, we've had Brandon Crawford. We had Nico Gallego. You're not going to play shortstop. Nico, As, as a, you know, you're just not. I mean, he's not – Crawford's not moving uh, for now. Now, he could get hurt. Um, you know, you are going to – I mean, but, but you know, until he leaves, you know. You know so, I think you got to, uh, you know, you got to show commitment toward players. But at the same time, you got to understand and give them examples. you got to show them the history of the game. There's all kinds of history of game players that have been moved offensively and, and the versatility. That's the word I'm looking for is versatility uh, of that can play different positions. Uh, catchers, you know, everybody's had two good catchers. Now what do you do with them? You know, you DH one, you play one at first, you want to play at third, play in the left, you know, uh, you know, you, you find – opportunities you find in matchups i think matchups are a big deal um you know you know i mean look at every day left-handed hitters in the major leagues there's not a lot of them because they just a lot of them can't hit left-handed pitching right. you do then you become one you know i mean uh some right-handers clearly can't hit right-handed pitchers uh, mm-hmm. so you know there there you know there's all kinds of different matchups that presents opportunities I think as a coach you need to understand and be willing to to put guys in give them opportunities you got to give them hope uh, I was around Rick Vanderhoek and, and Stevie Purse two unbelievable coaches and they and they they taught me you got to give players hope you know you got to give them opportunities um you know you know you got and that, and that goes to back to you know you're up 10 to 1 or you're down 10 to 1 and hey let's you know, get these guys opportunities. I mean, there's guys that have been given opportunities in mop up, mop up games, I guess you would say, or you would say that, I guess, in, in a football game or something. But right. Sonny, you know what? You know, those are bats are pretty good. Let's give that guy more opportunities. So um, it's not where you start. It's, it's really uh, where you, you finish and where you evolve. And And Ken always taught us that in terms of he always gave us examples of guys in, in the Omaha World Series back in the day with Fullerton guys that didn't ever played in the first 20 games. Didn't even travel. Uh, that that ended up being contributors, you know. And I just think that it's a it's it's a you know it's a it's a it's a long game. It's a long season, and you got to make sure that you give people opportunities. And uh, you know what you think your strength is may not be your strength. You know, I mean, people talk about our pitching this year. One of our strengths on this year's team without question, was our offense. And I told Ben Overloff that there. I mean, we had a really good offense, a sneaky good offense. And, you know, people are kind of talking about it, but it's pitching. And and I'm like, hey, man, you know, one of our strengths, without question, was, was offense. So you don't really know uh, identity of your team until you start playing other people. Uh, you don't really know what you have until you play other people, how they're going to respond to the game. Uh, you know, some guys pulse – May be exactly what they, you need in a in a game, um, and you know I, I I think at the end of the day I, I I think just that well-rounded player. The more well-rounded that player is, um, you know, and you got to tell them that, you know, the more opportunities you're gonna get. Uh, you, know, you know, defensive replacement, pinch runner, pinch hitter, uh, you know, left on left, seventh inning guy, eighth inning guy. I th- we you know we've ha- we try to establish roles so they know what to expect. And we always tell them that the more, the better you do, and obviously your role expands.
0: Well, and I'm sure you can attest to this. It, it happens every year. Like, there's always a guy who outgrows their role, outgrows no their role. that, that and, and then they're they're looking at us going, Yeah, you guys are idiots for not seeing this. And you're like, Oh, okay, okay.
1: Look at World Series championships. There's always right, you know, yeah. Steve Pierce, you know, or, you know, done things at the highest level, you know, Howie Kendrick. I mean, those. You know, those are real professionals. I mean, not downplaying those guys at all, but I mean, those guys, you know, they popped up in, in a, you know, Dave Roberts stolen base, you know, with the Red Sox. I mean, that was one of the biggest plays in the, in the history of the game and the history of that, that world series, obviously. So mm-hmm. I don't know what's, what's going to trigger a game and, and what, what, what type of play or, or what type of uh, you know response. And it's, that's what makes this game so, so great.
0: Oh, I love that. And, and uh, speaking of Ben, Ben's on the call, and I've uh, been trying to get Ben on the podcast, so I'm, I'm going to put a little pressure on him with that right there. And uh, also, so you mentioned lefty-lefty matchups. Now, you, I, I played with Dean SB. Dean and I were, were close for a long time, and now he's doing well in the golf world. Uh, but he, he may have mentioned that you guys don't have very many lefties. Uh, is there a reason for that? Pitchers or hitters? Uh, pitchers, actually. Um,
1: you know – It's, it's, it's fine. It's, it's, it's hard to find really good left-handed pitching. uh, Mm -hmm. at at, at I mean, you can find them, uh, you know, they be, you know, they can become really good in your program and so far. We, we, last year we had two innings of left-handed pitchers uh, of, you know, and, and I think left-handers hit one, you know, 70 something against us. I mean, I think everybody wants left-handed pitching. I mean, who, you know, who's, who's, who's to say that you won't, Want left-handed pitching, but uh, some high school programs may not have any any left-handers. I mean, you get what you get. Uh, you gotta got learn how to you gotta learn how to teach them how to get left-handed hitters out. Uh, you got you got you know. Uh, so it's not really by design. We've had some David Huff and Rob Rasmussen and uh, all kinds of left-handed you know really good pitchers. But uh, Grant Watson, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, just you know at, at the college level. Um, you know, I, I think it's really, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say difficult, but it's just, you know, it, it's a little harder to find elite left-handed pitching. And a lot of times they get, you know, they'll get drafted and signed and so forth if they if they profile out. But it's not really, you know, oh, we love right-handed pitchers. I mean, mm-hmm.
0: it's
1: more about, you know, having what you have. And you know what, uh, we we've we have faced a lot of left-handed – hitters with right-hand pitchers and and been fine. Sure. So, so uh, if you want to pitch in the middle leagues, you definitely have to get the opposite side hitter out. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, we teach them that right away, uh, that it's not a surprise, you know, with the ability to pitch in and pitch up and breaking ball down and the change, of course, and, you know, there's all kinds of ways to get people out. But I just think that um, it's funny that SB would say that because – I uh, you know I, I don't know you know it, it's it's uh, we're always looking trust me we're looking for left-handed pitching it just sure. um, they're either five foot nine or six foot five mm-hmm. and the six foot five aren't coming and the five foot nine guys usually do so <laughs> you know it's, it's just a funny dynamic well. uh, you know um, it, it's just funny how the left-hander you know fits into our game you know it's just mm-hmm. so you know their stuff can be a little and they don't need to have as many you know weapons as pitcher it's just it's a funny dynamic that people aren't really comfortable hitting against left-handed pitchers some some right handers we've, we've seen that. so um i don't have a great answer to that but i thought uh, that
0: was a great answer uh anybody with, that
1: has a good left-handed pitcher, trust me i, I i'm interested <laughs> okay <laughs>
0: uh on yeah. uh and, and they either have, lefties either have an outstanding pick move or they have zero pick move there's really no in between on those either like right. A, yeah. Some five, guy five, that's five, like, nine.
1: Oh my God, you know, it looks like Herman Munster- <laughs> can't hold anybody on or some guy.
0: Andy you know, you're
1: just glued to the base. I mean, you're yeah. not going to go anywhere. So you're, uh, you can teach that and teach them ways to get better. But uh, you know, it's like a jump shot, you know, it's like a breaking ball. I, I compare a breaking ball to a jump shot. Mm-hmm. Specifically the, I think the feel for the ball and, and, and body awareness and, and it's so important that you know that's why Maddox and Smoltz and Glavin were such good golfers you know i mean they had such good feel for the ball and 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 feel for their you know their movements and so forth where some guys you know it's it's like a bull in a china shop don't they just don't understand space and they don't understand movement and you know they they have well, be one pitch or two pitches is harder and harder you know mm-hmm. it's it's just you know, uh, players have different uh, types of uh,
0: levels of feel. Absolutely. So one thing that that you guys have the luxury of whenever you're recruiting uh, at the level that you're at, uh, you have internal competition between because most of the guys that are there are really good, right? And um, and I'm sure you would say, oh, you know, different levels at, at, for different posi- different things like that. Uh, but another thing that, that really it heightens awareness, it helps us to remember things better, and it just turns our brain on is competition. You know, and every day, if we're competing against someone or something, then it's going to make us better. And so are, are there any like, fun ways that you guys do that, or just any ways that you guys build that into practice, uh, off the field, on the field? But just it, I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, speaking to you now, you're a competitive guy. We, we as baseball guys, we're, all, we're mostly all competitive. Uh, but are there any ways that you build that into to practice or just the team setting in general?
1: Well, I think, you know, at least in Southern California, you know, um, you know, you see a lot of really good examples of, of of competitors. I mean, you see pro teams, you see college teams, you see different sports. Um, so I was lucky enough to, you know, to see an Augie Garrido coach, coach against them. Um, you know George Horton, uh, Pat Casey, and uh, Mark Marquez. Uh, you know, uh, of course, being with Mike Gillespie, Dave Snow. Um, you know, so you saw you saw some really high-level uh, competitors and and how they coached their teams. they were as competitive as their players. Um, you know, Pete Carroll when when he was at USC football. I mean, you know, all the people talked about was how competitive their practices were and and their depth and. So I think, you know, we don't have any really magic uh, competitive drills. Um, you know, we, we do believe in, in, in competitive rosters, in, in competitive depth. Um, obviously, you put them in drills where there's, there's pass or fail. Um, either there's, you know, good grades or bad grades um, of execution, of course, all sorts of team offensive uh, situations, uh, some team, team, team defensive drills, uh, point systems. Um, so yeah, Uh, I mean, absolutely. You put them in some sort of competitive atmosphere to where, um, you know, they, they are, they, they fail, uh, and they fail in front of their whole team. And, and how does that player, you know, uh, how does he, how does he respond? You know, what's the next ground ball look like? What's the next at bat look like? Uh, so I, I think, you know, the competitiveness part is, is so critical, uh, and I talk about the principles of competing. I mean, I talk about principles of competing here, and some of the things I would say would be, uh, you know, pitch to pitch, task to task, 100% of what you have uh, requires self-awareness, a recognition, refocus, self-discipline. You don't have control over what goes on around you; only how you respond to it. Um, attitude is a decision. Trust your preparation. Adversity is an opportunity to show your character. Be external. Uh, me first, you. Us first, them. Uh, think positive. Think confident. Act big. Uh, uh, you know, those are energy outward. Play with an edge. I mean, those are all characteristics of competition. Um, but uh, it can't be fake. It can't. Uh, it, it can't only be when you're comfortable. Um, it can't be only at home. It can't only be when you're up. up. It can only be when, uh, you know, you're two for two and you feel pretty good about it. And I got my two hits for the day and my day's done. Um, right. so I just think that, 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 that comp- you competitive kids, uh, you put them into a competitive environment, a competitive drill, and then, and then you can form them in terms of really how you want them to respond. And like I said, we don't have any sort of magic answer by no means, um, you know, but, um, I, I, I really think, uh, you know, and I use Coach Ward as example. He's a very, very good coach, uh, as Coach Peters and Coach Gallego are. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we will get competitive in inter-squads. Uh, I can feel it. Uh, I felt that with, with Coach Vanderhook and Coach Purse. You know, and that, that builds your awareness of, right. oh, boy, they're taking advantage of this low leg. They're taking advantage, you know, this guy can't hit a breaking ball. Or we're taking advantage of this guy. Um, mm-hmm you know, we, we try to do enough to where we can expose a player's weakness within the groundwork of, they know I got to get better at that, you know, and I think, uh, or, you know, and that, that'd be kind of on the, on the, not the negative side, but just more on the the reality side is really what they need to work on and, and we're exposing it, you know, uh, um, you know, I've always said on the West Coast, and no disrespect to anybody, on the West Coast, you, just, you know, your, your holes get exposed so quickly. Um, you know, your running game or your catching game or your defense or your your short game or your short game defense or your outfield play or your, you know, your, your infield play. I mean, you know, everything needs to be, you know, everything needs to have high attention to it. So uh, I just think it's so uh, valuable that you understand – uh, uh, you know, competition within practice, um, you know, competition in the weight room, of course, uh, your, your, your strength coach is also, you know, hearing this, um, you know, they're competing in weight room, uh, you know, they're competing in drills, movement drills, conditioning drills. Uh, I think that's all healthy at the end of the day. I mean, like I said, I don't have a, you know, three or four pillars of, of, of that, but I just think, you know, you, you build it each and every day, they, they, they start getting the picture pretty clear.
0: I love that, and I also I love that you threw in the kind of fake tough guy uh, reference. You know, the the guy who's who's always up or always down, and and that's not that's not competitiveness. You know, I I, I believe that competitiveness is just being disciplined all the time, like or as often as we can uh, in those moments. And and so you, again, you've got you guys have done a great job of recruiting, and you've got guys that that are really good, um, and you've also got guys who who have not, you know, we talked about playing time earlier, but you'll have guys that go through prolonged slumps and you've got guys who are just maybe not ready or just they. this is the first time they've ever failed in their entire life. And that conversation is tough, but, you know, I'm sure you have that every year because, again, these guys have never not really failed in, in an amateur level their entire lives for the most part. They've been really successful. So uh, what, does that, what does that look like and, you know, what advice would you give us whenever we we come across that player because I think we all have either at least one of those guys a year where they just they they get to a level or they get to a spot in their life where it's just like it's tough right it's tough on the field and then that affects everything yeah. else but but how do you how do you approach that
1: well I think I think just explaining that um you know everybody has their strengths everybody has their weaknesses everybody has to get better um the the, 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 the where you can know, you uh, know, as a coach or even as you know, certainly as a player, like we're talking about, uh, the better the better you are. I mean, you don't want to be, you know. Now, as a coach, your job is to to put that player in the best possible position to succeed. I and mean, I've had players where I've ran from their breaking ball. I've ran from, um, you know, you got to put hitters in 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 matchup situations. Uh, so. Uh, I think it's just so important that you put players uh, – and it's hard. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot easier to say this on a Zoom meeting than to put a guy in, in a best possible position to succeed. Uh, you know, right. uh, I, I, think, I think it's about approach. Um, I think, you know, you talk about the mental game. We, talk at it, we call it a different game. But uh, just working on that aspect as much as the physical part of it, uh, that will help them. Uh, but there again, um, you know, I think every major leaguer, you work with professionals. I mean, they all have their deficiencies. And, it, and uh, the more mature they are, the more disciplined they are, the more they, they know how to handle those weaknesses. And they know how to work on them. You don't want to uh, overdo it uh, in terms of just completely focus on your weakness I mean that's a that's a mistake you know you want to you really want to focus on your strengths which you what you do very well but at the okay. same time you know you may be dealing with this pitcher that presents you know what this guy's not my you know that's the one thing I love about major league hitters is is hey man you know if it's if it's uh, Phil Phil up there or Jamie Moyer or Roger Clements I mean they, they respect that person on, on his trade, on how he can get that guy out. Mm-hmm. So I deal with that guy. It doesn't – I mean, I don't think guys are looking back and saying, you oh, dude, come on, throw me a fastball, you you know what. I mean, yeah. those those days – I mean, if you're saying that, you're not a very good baseball player. I mean, you know what is being done to you? And mm-hmm. like I said, we got to be able to hit 76 as well as we hit 96. I mean, sure. and because there's there comes a time when, you know – there's all kinds of different guys that, that you know they're out there and they have their strengths and and so forth so
0: mm-hmm.
1: I just think it's, it's important that um, you know you you don't want to expose their you know their, their weaknesses early on uh, but you, you, you want them to make sure that you're they're fully aware of, of you know what um, you know you're a bad breaking ball hitter so you need to learn how to hit up Hanging breaking ball. Uh, I, I grew up with Williams. Matt Williams could not hit a breaking ball to save his life. Good <laughs> breaking ball. But he, could, he, could, hit a, he, could, he hit. could hit a hanging breaking ball about four miles, you know. <laughs> Eventually, you know, uh, that's what happened. Um, mm-hmm. Guys in the major leagues, oh, boy, this guy can't hit velocity. Well, you know, uh, you know you got to learn your weaknesses at the end of the day and, 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 and uh, the rest of the game.
0: Definitely, Well. I know that uh, that we, we talked about having an hour. If you've got a little more time, uh, yeah, I, I'm fine. Okay, perfect. i know nowhere to go. Oh, <laughs> per- well, let's just do this all day then—twelve <laughs> hours of it. Uh, with with, um, with staff development, you've had a lot of guys that have gone on and, and been head coaches, and I had I talked with T.J. Bruce last week and doing a you know a fantastic job over there, and he spoke extremely highly of you. You so I, I, two things. Number one. Uh, how are you preparing those guys? And then also, I, I wrote down that, you know, when again, with your ABCA talk, that you guys did it like a three-day trip with each other where you're just kind of confined to a short space. And, and TJ talked about uh, doing that too. I don't know if it was three days, uh, but uh, he talked about the, like the staff getaway. Um, do you guys still do that? And then, then also, again, you're, you're, I'm assuming since you've had so many, you're preparing those guys to be head coaches someday – So from a head coach's point of view, how are you doing that?
1: Well, I think, I think it's important that, you know, just in terms of the getaway, all that is, is just really a a two or three day seminar or whatever you want to call it in terms of getting away. We've gone to the Cypress Cypress courtyard Marriott for the last 15 years, uh, but uh, just going over the, the, the calendar, going over philosophy, go over, uh, you know, practice schedules, go over player personnel, go over roster recruitment, I you name it, we go over all of it. And we have agendas, you know, Monday, we're doing all this from nine to five and nine to five on Tuesday and maybe, you know, nine to one on Wednesday or something. And all that is, is just organization. It's just an organization piece of, of you know, uh, roles uh, on a staff, um, you know, what you're in charge of, how are you going to teach it? Uh, we always have a good little thing where I always say, okay, give me your first presentation to the players. We're, we're the players. And, and then we'll critique it a little bit, what you could do better. It could be a, like um, uh, it could be a, um, uh, you know, a PowerPoint or a chalkboard or it could be just be, you know, handing out paper. I mean, uh, you know, Present your first presentation to the hitters, uh, to the pitchers, uh, team meeting. Uh, So it's a complete organization of the whole year. Uh, And and knowing that there's going to be all kinds of bumps along the road, uh, clearly, but they they really know what they're doing from September to, to, to July. We call it the window of opportunity. Talk about winning a national championship is working from September to July 1st, we call it. And that's your window of opportunity to make this team better. And, um, you know, so everybody gets a role, uh, everybody gets uh, on-field responsibilities, off-field responsibilities, recruiting coordinator responsibilities, uh, just a internal organization, I guess you would say, of of the program, uh, program philosophy, um, you know, terminology, how we wanna talk to these guys, uh, base running, uh, cutoffs and relays, Uh, Short game, sign system, Um, you know, I mean, we have a lot of time together and we just do it away from the office so there's no distractions. Uh, We just go to a hotel in Southern California, basically, but I know other coaches have gone to, you know, log cabins and, you know, different resorts or, you know, they could do it in their office, obviously, but, you know, we want the phone to be put away. We want distractions. We don't want people coming into our meetings. And, and really focus on uh, coach development, really, and, and, and program development. And I think that's helped a lot of those guys. Um, they've helped me as much as I've helped them, really, at the end of the day. And I think it's, it's uh, you know, you know, like I said, the number one component of a staff is, is loyalty. I mean, uh, I don't, you know, I, I've, we've all probably had some a little deficient coaches in some areas, but you know what? I know that guy's going to be there. I know he's going to be loyal. I know he's going to have my back. I know he's not going to question things. mean, you don't want yes men, right? You don't want guys that are completely just yes, 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 yes. Right. But uh, you know, and and you know, you want guys just as smart or smarter than you. I mean, that that you know that part about hey, I want to be the smartest guy in the room is is I think overrated. I mean, I want highly knowledgeable guys, and, and I've been like I said from uh, you know a lot of great coaches that I've worked with, and, mm-hmm. and you know, been been the staff, you know, part of staffs that. Uh, we've learned from everybody and uh, so you know we're proud of those guys uh, that that moved on and and um, you know it's it's fun to see their successes obviously but um, there's no secrets I think at the end of the day I mean I share a lot of information and I and I accept a lot of information and Mm -hmm. people always say oh you know we know how you know they're gonna pitch us and this and that and you know they still really haven't uh, you know how much you share I don't think it's ever really hurt anybody. Um, you know, now, if you're giving away signs, of course, you know, you're sure. not away, but uh, I think it's, it's so important that, you know, you want to develop uh, people and you want to develop coaches around you as much as you, you want to develop players.
0: Well, fantastic. Um, and so two more and then we'll, we'll get to uh, some of the, some of the questions in the sidebar. And, and again, sure. some of you may have come in late. Uh, if you have any questions for coach Savage and please by all means throw them on the side. Uh, there's two things that, that, um, that I, I, again, well, I guess one more thing that I took from your ABCA talk, and then we have some college coaches or some high and some high school coaches that are probably going to want you to hit on recruiting a little bit. Uh, but one thing that I think we can all do now, because unfortunately a lot of seasons were cut short and you mentioned that you have a yearly practice and and I'll read, you know, what I wrote down from that talk. And then you can kind of tell me if, if you do the same thing, you do more, you do less. But you said that every every year you go through, okay, what do we have? What do we need? Where are we? What are some potential issues that we see? What do we have coming in? And what do we need to build on? Is that still a very similar model to what you do every day? Or every year, I'm sorry?
1: Yeah, you're talking about for like uh, team team. Business.
0: Building, yeah, and recruiting. just like a, like, a te- like a review session. Uh, so after the season, you're just kind of going through, okay, which is the time where most of us yeah. are in right now. It's like, yeah, okay, I mean, now what? Yeah.
1: yeah, I think, I mean, self-evaluating is so important. And, and, and I, I don't – the sooner I can get notes down on, on, on the game or, or, or from the video, um, you know, games happen quick. Things change quick. Uh, you got you to catch those moments as they come. And and so you got to really, um, like I said, self-evaluate yourself, uh, self-evaluate your team constantly. Uh, like I said, you may think your strength is this, and after three games, you know what, your strength is that. Or you may think your weakness is that, and you know what, my weakness isn't that. My weakness mm-hmm. is that. so. It's it's it, it the game evolves, you know, and teams do form characteristics and they form identities. I think I think that gets back to the championship look. It's just, you know, how does your team wanna how do they wanna play? You know, how do they wanna look? I mean being around those coaches, those those you know, watching Pat Murphy's teams and mm-hmm. Coach Casey and Coach Marcus and I just there's so much respect for they had a they, they had true identity. You know, they knew who they were. And um, I just think that it gets back to uh, what do you want to be? You know, what type of team do you want to be? What type of program do you want to be? I mean, everybody knows there's there's programs that are bandit programs. And, and, you know, they fly from the seat of their pants. And they recruit everybody. And, you know, they fall out of the tree. And they, they get good players. They don't really – I mean, everybody knows those things go on. Um, high school programs – there's high school programs like that. There's JC programs like that. There's division one. And, and, and not to say that, you know, that's bad. It's, it's just that's their style. You just have to understand what you're playing against. And, I mean, you just almost accept, you know, you, hey, I'm going to play this team. I, also, I, I just know how. So if you don't want to get too caught up, certainly, in what they do. It, it's really, at the end of the day, uh, and I tell my brother this all the time, it's, it's, about, it's about you and it's about your team. It's not about where you're playing, uh, how much pitching you don't have, um, you know, it's, 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 it's a game. You got to go in and play the game. And um, so it's, it's you know, I don't have a great answer to that other than I just think it's, it's uh, you know, you better have a high awareness. I mean, you go back to Larry Bird. Larry Bird knew where everybody was on the court. Mm-hmm. When he used to pump fake and everybody go with a fake and he'd pump back and, and he'd, you know, fake a pass and, and, and he'd throw the ball. I mean, you got to know where things are as a head coach. Sure. And and I tell my players, all the time, you need to know where the light switches are in in in, in the ballpark. Mm. You need to, you need to know where things are. Um, you know you need to know where things are in the clubhouse, in the dugout, in a, in a gift. Of, you know you need, you need to know where the med balls are. You need to know where the the pitcher's uh, ball bag is. I mean, we don't want awkward players. We don't want you know. I don't want to say nerdy players, but we just don't want um, you know. We want uh, players that are aware of things. And, and 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 that can be good when they're uncomfortable. Uh, we just don't want awkward non players showcase type guys that you know, you know, they, they, they can barely get through an inning and they get turned over and they all they were to you know, hey, I threw the ball really good. Well you walked three, you hit two and you gave up a single and you struck out a guy, you know, you struck some guy out somehow, some way. And and that's not that's not good. I mean that's not that won't work. So I think uh, just self-evaluation is is uh, and, and and right away, you know, uh, let them know right away after the game next day uh, of of you know of good or bad, really. And we, we talk about the good just as much as the bad, so um, and, and and vice versa. But you got to be, you know, you can't avoid things. You can't let the elephant or what they say the elephant in the room or whatever. I mean, you can't. You can't avoid this as head coaches. I'm, I learned that from Coach Wood a little bit. And one of the things he had was, um, one of the things he had was, um, um, let's see here. The principles are fundamental truth, serves as a foundation for our system of belief and behavior. You know, So we, we talk about honesty. We talk about truth. You have to be very honest with your players. Um, I think at the end of the day, they'll respect you much more than when you, if you're beating around the bush and you're not really giving them, you know, what they need to hear, good or bad. And and, sure. and, and the other thing is on that is I always tell my players and my coaches, you can't take things personal. Um, mm-hmm. If you're taking things personal, you can really find yourself in a rut. Um, mm-hmm. Find yourself, um, you know, uh, talking to players about coaches or talking to coaches about coaches and talking to your wife about how, you know, you don't like, this guy and it's just not a, it's not a positive winning culture is when when people are questioning each other or people are you know always oh, picking on me and that that goes back to the player that's sad you know um, I mean coach Gillespie was one of the greatest coaches I've ever been on but he was you know he was he could be hard on players and and you you know you had to deal with it I mean you knew hard on you if you did something really stupid and yeah. he'd call you out it wasn't like he would run away from it And he'd make a point of it. And that player, a lot of times would never, you know, do that thing again. And we're talking about stupid things, you know, talking about, you know, a physical error or whatever. Uh, We're just talking about behavior patterns, really. And uh, so uh, um, I I think that's just a big part of, you know, know, right away recognition of good or bad.
0: I love that. So. You're out recruiting, and you hear that a player, you know, pretty good. You you've gotten some feelers in in California. I'm sure that will tell yeah. you one way or another. So, is there anything that that you're like, okay, I want to I want to be able to see this. Like I I want to be able to see them go through some adversity just to make sure that they can play for us, or I want to see them, you know, be a leader on the field. Just if is it because yeah. we can all recognize talent. Right, and yeah, and sure. you get the luxury of being able to to pick a lot of talented guys and say that there's two that are really talented and they're they're right even with each other. What 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 do you look for that sets them apart to be a Bruin?
1: Yeah, that, that's that's a good question. Uh, I mean, I always say you never know what you have until you get it. That that's you know, unfortunately, you know that's why they call it the draft, right? The draft thinks they, they, they have this thing and. And then three years later, he clearly is not what, you know, they, he's clearly That's not true. what they was. Um, you know, you, you just have to do as much homework as you possibly can uh, mm-hmm. with people that you trust and people that are going to be honest with you. Um, you know, how does that person treat his parents? How does he treat his teammates? Uh, you know, how does he play with nobody in the stands? Mm-hmm. How does he uh, practice? How does he train, um, you know, his, his academic resume, his transcripts? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is he a high test, low low grade guy? Is he lazy? Is he, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, th- there's there's all sorts of uh, barometers, I guess, and, and characteristics that you could see that are red flags, um, and, and you can't ignore those. And it's easy to ignore those if the player's really good, right? I mean, it, it's if the player's really good, and this guy's been kicked off this team, and he's been suspended here, and and you know boy, the coaches really don't, I mean, those, those are the tough, you know, we don't want misfits. Um, We don't want guys that will, uh, you know, interrupt the flow of the, of the program. Um, We don't want, um, you know, disruptors. We don't want guys that are, that are going to, you know, I think every program, especially a college program needs to understand fit and and needs to understand needs. Uh, You know, I really need this position. I need these, we need to add depth to this position. Uh, what type of fit is this guy? I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, a guy a, a guy can walk in my office, and you know, being in being in the UC system now for 20 years at Irvine and, and UCLA, I mean, I have a decent feel if this guy is a fit or not after you know an hour conversation um, mm-hmm. with his family or by himself or his mom or dad or uncle or brother or whatever. Um, so. I, I think, it. you know, you have to do your homework other than just see on the field. Uh, there's just so much more, you know, how does he respond from failure? Uh, how's he, you know, is he playing differently when he knows you're there or when he doesn't know you're there? Um, you know, it's not about on and off the field. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's all fine and good, but I think at the end of the day is really, you know, uh, what type of character does this guy have and what mm-hmm. type, um, you know, um, you know, uh, lasting power does this guy have? Is this guy built for the long haul, or is this guy built, you know, not only projection-wise, body-wise, but mentality-wise? And mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, those are hard ones. You know, I think, I think again, like you said, in California, you know, there's there's people that we clearly trust mm-hmm. and go to, and then unfortunately, there's some guys you don't quite sure. or trust and you don't quite, you know, everybody's good, right, or, or, and then you get those coaches that bad, you know, I mean, you know, you have to look at that, too, so I just think that, um, you know, um, you you have to get to know them as much as you, as you possibly can off the field, I mean, projection, right, body growth, uh, projection, I mean, everybody, you know, I mean, everybody likes, you know, you know, it's a pretty girl, right, I mean, yeah, let's, let's you know I mean we, we we can recognize talent like you said I mean mm-hmm. is is you know Garrett Cole's fastball or Trevor Bowers breaking ball or Garrett Mitchell's speed okay you know I mean everybody in the room can, can really figure that one out pretty quick but you know, how does this guy fit your program and 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 then you know you may have to really overhaul guys you may have to when you get in you may have to overhaul their mentality you may have to overhaul I mean, I'm, I'm still dealing with a couple guys that are very selfish you know they're selfish they're you know they're the last one to help they're they're always looking around to see who's going to help before them and and you know that's the part that you want to undo and untie that 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 make them a Bruin but um, the recruiting aspect is fascinating Um, you know you look look at excuse me you can look in Southern California alone and and you know they come from everywhere they come from Division 6 Division Division 5, Division 3, NEIA, Junior College, uh, Division 2. Um, mm-hmm. Leaguers come from everywhere. I mean, they don't come from, you know, Power 5 conferences. I mean, um, you know, they come from everywhere. That's what makes this game so great. Uh, they come from different different schools. I mean, Trevor Bauer, and Jim will tell you, Trevor Bauer played JV his sophomore year. And, and by the time he's his junior year, Bobby was the best pitcher in Southern California. I mean, that's how big a jump he made. And then his next year, would have been his senior year. He was a Division One freshman pitcher of the year. So this the the jump that a guy can make. Uh, you just don't know. Like I said, um, you know, you don't know what you have until you you have it. And uh, and a lot of that is is the makeup aspect of it. You may know physically, and and even even boy, I thought this guy threw harder. I thought this mm-hmm. guy ball was better. Boy, I thought this guy would move better. I thought he'd run better. I thought he would have a little more power. I mean, there's always there's always that you know that player may present or not present that you know um but you know a lot of his strength you know a lot of them have to get stronger uh, we all know that uh, that's not a you know um some of them naturally get stronger some of them need the weight room more than others some can fall out of bed and hit some can't fall out of bed and hit uh so every 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 makeup's a little different um and that's what makes this game so fascinating. That you know, uh, if you look at our national championship, you know, you look at it around the field, and boy, you kind of shake your head at some of those positions. And like, you know what? they 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 played, you know, they played at a at a different level uh, because of their, of their environment. They played at a different level because of their people around them. They played better than really who they were in some some cases. And then you know, then you have those really good players that that play down on bad teams. You know, so. It's, um, you know, you want to be a good player on a good team. I always tell my players the two best things in baseball are, you know, uh, you getting better, uh, you striving to get better every day, and you being part of a good team. You want to be part of a winning team. That team picture at the end of the day has no stat, no record. But you know what? That was a championship team right there. I'm in that picture. I want to be in that picture. And I think at the end of the day that's – a pretty valuable lesson that they can learn.
0: Well, I think uh, if you had a mic, you'd drop it right there. Uh, great answer uh, to to a, a very uh, complex complex question. Just because there's so many different layers that go into that. Yeah. Uh, a couple questions uh, from the sidebar. So Steve Roof uh, wants to know, and Steve's a, a fantastic high school baseball coach as well. But he wants to know what what you learned from your brother Pete, who is also who is one of the top high school coaches in the country.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I've learned everything from my brothers. I mean, Len and Pete. But Pete has just taught me humility. Uh, he's taught me, uh, you know, uh, the yeah, ego. Uh, you know, don't get full of yourself. Um, he's taught me, um, you know, how to how to communicate with people, uh, how to listen to people. Um, he's just. I mean, I can't th- that that answer. You know. Can go on and on the rest of the day I just I mean he's we grew up together uh we 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 you know we, we we were in the same room we, we talked baseball we listened to games we talked baseball cards I mean we grew up that's all we did was mm-hmm. was, was you know baseball and and then uh, uh, basketball and then football I mean, it was baseball and um you know it just taught me to to to, to become a, a better family man a better person a um, better coach. Uh, I, I can just go on and on, but uh, I mean, if you want to talk about uh, an unbelievable coach, uh, you look at him. Um, mm-hmm. the, 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 he's produced, um, the, the the program he's produced, um, you know, all you got to do is listen to him talk about culture and talk about, about player development and, and uh, practice planning. I mean, he's listened to everybody imaginable. He's listened to them all. He's listened to, Tim Corbin, 15 times. He's listened to, you know, um, Eric Backage, 10 times. I mean, he's listened to, you know, it goes back to Gary Ward and it goes back to uh, Mike Gillespie. I mean, you know, he, he's a gather, he's a gathering guy of information, and can't say nothing. I would love to have him be my high school coach. Um, he 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 puts those guys through a regimen that those guys are fully prepared to to move on. Uh, they grow up uh, uh, as people, and I just—he's—he's—he's—he's he's, he's one of my unbelievable mentors, and and I look up to him very much.
0: Absolutely, uh, former guest on the show as well. So um, for those listening who want a little more insight into him and what he's done, uh, and what he continues to do, definitely, definitely encourage you to check that out. Uh, another question is: How do you prepare players on bridging the gap of eliminating the noise? outside of just game experience. So maybe expectations or just pressure or different things like that. I'm, I'm assuming that's where Richard is going. So how do you, how do you help them just to, to focus on what they need to focus on?
1: Uh, did you guys lose me?
0: Are you there? No, I, we see
1: you. Uh, you see me? Yeah. Hold on here. Okay. Um, well, Hey, the one thing about Los Angeles, if you want distractions, um, you have them. Um, I mean that's the one thing that um, the the one thing uh, that talking about hitting coaches, pitching coaches um, scouts um, agents, advisors um, beach, uh, Lakers Clippers, Dodgers um, you know you name it, there's distractions Um, so uh, um, we really talk about what goes on in the clubhouse, stays, stays, you know, stays on the, in the clubhouse. Uh, injuries, uh, players, uh, you know, what's going on uh, within the team, what's, what's going on with the program. Uh, that's the number one rule: is is everything stays uh, between us. Um, but um, the expectations is a tough one. You know, you want expectations, you want. You know, you want program recognition, and and you know, I mean, we were, I mean, we were number one last year, I think for about ninety days, for about three months, and I don't think one time we ever talked about, you know, all the rankings, and and then obviously we lost in the super regionals to uh, to Michigan, and you know, pretty pretty disappointing finish to say the least, but um, I just think the noise is the noise, and you 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 can't, you know, you know. It's like it's like my dad used to say, you know, you, you don't want to read your, your the newspaper, right? You, know, you don't want to read the newspaper clip of of and and, and it goes back to that. Um, baseball America has your picture on their on their web or D one baseball. I mean, we we were you know getting recognized a lot this year, and we're thirteen and two. I mean, it was a good start, but it wasn't. We hadn't done really anything, and and um, I just think if if you uh, and even with uh, you know, program history, uh, you know, they, they they know the expectations, they know the standards, uh, they know the distractions. Uh, we have people talk to them. Uh, Ken Revisa was one of the best there ever was on, on that. Uh, Dave Snow is one of the best there ever is uh, in, in terms of, of being a coach and, and handling that. Um, so there's a lot of people telling them, you know, hey, you know, this doesn't matter. And, um, you know, I remember in 2010 when, we were pretty good and ASU came in and they swept us and, and they looked like the Yankees. I mean, they literally look like the Yankees mm-hmm. and it, it, you know, it, it, it may, maybe we're not as good as we thought we were, you know, and I mean, this is a humbling game. Uh, you know, what's that saying? You're going to get, if you're not humbled, you're going to get humbled. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, I think at the end of the day, it's just, um, you know, staying, staying with your coaches, staying with your players, staying with your captains and not getting to hold yourself because you know this is this is a, a long long haul and journey and and um, you know the expectations i mean you want expectations i mean mm-hmm. but at the time there's been great teams that had zero expectations at the beginning of the year you know so sure. you, know, mm-hmm. you can play that card a little bit too obviously so um i just think that you got to make sure that you know it's like the, the question asked is is you got to just be certain of keeping, keeping those other voices out of, out of your system.
0: Right. And, uh, another question that was asked was especially on the mound. So, um, let me see, what are your thoughts when it comes to instilling confidence, uh, to a young pitcher? You, you, you mentioned pitching, uh, it was, was a big part of your background and what you do now, but you yeah. can talk about pitching or just the player in general.
1: Well, I just think, um, I just think again, you have to you have to really put that player in, in the best possible position to succeed. Know know what he does. I mean, if you're going to call pitches, you better you better be seeing every bullpen. You better you better be putting that pitcher in every every count situation you possibly can. What can he throw three two? What can he throw oh? What can he throw one two? You know what can he throw when he's backwards other than a fastball? Um, knowing your players, um, you know, is is the best rest recipe for developer, um, you know, uh, delivery, you know, does that delivery look right? Is the ball coming out on time? Uh, we talk about rhythm and pace and tempo and, and, you know, dance, everything equals timing. Timing is the release of the ball. We, we want to, you know, pitching is timing and, and, and pitching is just, I mean, hitting is, you know, disrupting the hitters timing. Um, that's the name of the game is is you have to be continuously uh, a me first you uh, situation. Uh, I'm going to get the glove. I'm throwing any pitch at any count within reason after you get to know that, that, that Um, But I just think that, um, you know, if you can't pitch in, then you got to practice pitching in. And then, you know, and in a game, you're going to pitch away until you feel comfortable you can pitch in. Um, you know, you don't want to beat yourself. Uh, this is a game beating yourself. And the guys that don't beat themselves uh, really are the best teams, are the best pitchers. I watched Greg other day. I mean, it was <laughs> it was unbelievable watching this. I mean, just – he had Jerry Burnitz. He struck out Burnitz, uh, you know, on a couple inner half fastballs, his first at-bat. His second at-bat, he struck him out on a change-up. His third at-bat, he struck him out on a fastball away from him. The fourth at-bat – you struck him out on Chase. I mean, you're talking about, oh my God, you're talking about, you know, dissecting a, a hitter um, uh, of a guy that can do so many different things as a pitcher. Um, you know, I think the more you, you, as a pitcher you want to be as complete as you possibly can, but you got to go fight the fight, but you have. And I think, you know, if it's two pitches, if it's three pitches, if it's one side of the plate, um, whatever it may be, um, you know, I think you got to instill confidence. I mean, that guy has to feel good about himself. And, and then, you know, nothing's worse than a pitcher. You've seen high school pitchers or even college pitchers, you know, one, two, three, one, two, th- third inning, you know, guy gets on an air and then all hell breaks loose, right? And he's out of the stretch. And, you know, you got to be just as good in the stretch as you are in the windup. I mean, I know that's an old saying, but, I mean, it's so important. I went to go see Greg Maddox one day at Dodger Stadium At the very end of his career and he threw like 70% of his pitches out of the stretch in Dodger Stadium warming up and and Mike Maddox when they hey you know what why why does your brother do that and he goes well he knows that every tough pitch he's gonna have to make is gonna be out of the stretch I mean that's it's somewhat common sense Mm -hmm. and that old adage of course an old saying but it 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 holds true and I just think that um, you know you want to get him complete but at the same time you know you don't want to give him too
0: much. I love that. Well, coach, I've, I've actually got a meeting at 12 and I know that, that we've taken uh, a ton of, ton of your time, but um, I, man, I, I really appreciate the insight. I love being able to have some guys listen to it and and for you to be able to answer some questions, but uh, I'm going to give you an open mic. Is, is there anything else that you'd like to tell us uh, to tell future listeners? I mean, just anything else that you want to, you want to talk about today?
1: Well, I just, you know, again, I just want to give credit to, you know, coach Gillespie. Um, and, and, and really um, what he did for me and my family and um, I, I think he's listening today and, and, and you know we're with 100% um, you know Ken reviza is another guy that uh, had so many had so much impact on people uh, in every sport uh, Olympics uh, you name it uh, I think it's important that um, you know you uh, uh, you know, Ken was a guy who helped so many people. Uh, you know, a couple books, uh, you know, Ego is, is the Enemy, um, uh, The Helper, uh, Wooden on Leadership, uh, What Drives Winning. Um, you know, those are all really good books for, for mental game and for, um, you know, coaches, young coaches, old coaches. Um, you know, I think last thing is it's just, you know, you got to keep an open mind. There's different ways to do different things. Uh, that's important. Uh, Got to understand what works in your program. What works at UCLA may not work at somewhere else. You know, um, you know, depending on your, your your clientele, depending on the people you're getting. Um, uh, you know, so th- that's what I would say. Uh, also to Kirk Sarlus, uh, his dad had a really serious serious accident um, in, in up uh, up in. Uh, Southern California off a, a horseback riding, and our prayers are with him and his family and at this most difficult time. And and baseball is a small community. Uh, it really, at the end of the day, so I think you have to make sure that you know you, you reach out, you contact uh, people, um, and understand that it takes a lot to be a part of a, a good team. And at the end of the day, it's it's uh, we're all in this thing, uh, you know, fighting this what's going on now, obviously together. But mm-hmm. uh, we. Back to you know competing against each other, and um, I think, um, you know that's the fun part of is anticipating uh, uh, everybody getting back. But I just wanted to say a couple of those you know uh,
0: things that are very important to me. How's his dad doing? I, I thought he sent an update yesterday, but I but I didn't. Uh,
1: you know, I think I think the surgery was very successful. Uh, I don't I don't know all the details. I just know that uh, he came out of the surgery very successful and. Uh, they're still concerned, obviously, about the feeling of, um, uh, you know, b- below the waist. But, um, you know, like I said, I think everybody uh, loves Kirk and, and what he's done. I, I, I had Kirk as a in 2000 on the USA team. Uh, I coached him, and, and he was an overachiever. And this guy is another great example of a guy that knew how to compete. He knew himself, uh, turned out to be a major league pitcher. Um, but um, and they turned out to be one of the best pitching coaches out there so
0: Tri uh, at
1: TCU so I just just think that uh, you know everybody's uh, thoughts and prayers are with the Sarno's family at this time
0: well, Coach Savage I think I speak for all of us when I say thank you again for your time I've loved it enjoyed it learned a lot and uh, looking forward to future conversations as well have an awesome day
1: thanks guys I really appreciate it take care see you guys bye
0: Thank you for listening to Ahead of the Curve. You can subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, which can include Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or YouTube. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please share it on social media to help get the word out. Once again, thank you for joining us.